has believed what we have heard, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a young plant, and like a root out of dry ground. He had no form or comeliness that we should look at him, and no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hid their faces, he was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, and yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and by his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray, we have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, and yet he opened not his mouth. Like a lamb that is led to the slaughter, and like a sheep that before its shearers is silent, so he opened not his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away, and as for his generation who considered that he was cut off out of the land of the living, stricken for the transgression of my people. And they made his grave with the wicked and with a rich man in his death, although he had done no violence and there was no deceit in his mouth. And yet it was the will of the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief when he makes himself an offering for sin. disciples came to Jesus, saying, Where will you have us prepare for you to eat the Passover? He said, Go into the city to a certain one and say to him, The teacher says, My time is at hand. I will keep the Passover at your house with my disciples. And the disciples did as Jesus directed them, and they prepared the Passover. When it was evening, he sat at table with the twelve disciples, and as they were eating, he said, Truly, I say to you, one of you will betray me. 
And they were very sorrowful and began to say to him one after another, Is it I, Lord? He answered, He who has dipped his hand in the dish with me will betray me. The Son of Man goes as it is written of him, but woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been better for him if that man had not been born. Judas, who betrayed him, said, Is it I, Master? He said to him, You have said so. and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the testament, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I shall not drink again of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives.
went with them to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, Sit here while I go yonder and pray. In taking with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. And then he said to them, My soul is very sorrowful even to death. Remain here and watch with me. And going a little farther, he fell on his face and he prayed, Father, my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. And he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, So could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again for the second time he went away and prayed, My father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, thy will be done. And again he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy. So leaving them again, he went away and prayed for the third time, saying the same words. Then he came to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and taking your rest? Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. still speaking, Judas came, one of the twelve, and with him a great crowd with swords and clubs from the chief priests and the elders of the people. Now the betrayer had given them a sign, saying, The one I shall kiss is the man, seize him. And he came up to Jesus at once and said, Hail, Master. And he kissed him. Jesus said to him, Friend, why are you here? And then they came up and laid hands on Jesus and seized him. Now Jesus stood before the governor, and the governor asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus said, You have said so. But when he was accused by the chief priests and the elders, he made no answer. Then Pilate said to him, Do you not hear how many things they testify against you? But he gave him no answer, not even to a single charge, so that the governor wondered greatly. Now at the feast, the governor was accustomed to release for the crowd any one prisoner whom they wanted. And they had then a notorious prisoner called Barabbas. And so when they had gathered, Pilate said to them, Whom do you want me to release for you, Barabbas or Jesus, who is called Christ? For he knew that it was out of envy that they had delivered him up. Besides, while he was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent word to him, Have nothing to do with that righteous man, for I have suffered much over him today in a dream. Now the chief priests and the elders persuaded the people to ask for Barabbas and destroy Jesus. The governor said to them, 
Which of the two do you want me to release for you? And they said, Barabbas. Pilate said to them, Then what shall I do with Jesus, who is called Christ? They all said, Let him be crucified. And he said, Why? What evil has he done? But they shouted all the more, Let him be crucified. So when Pilate saw that he was gaining nothing, but rather that a riot was beginning, he took water and washed his hands before the crowd, saying, I am innocent of this man's blood. See to it yourselves. And all the people answered, His blood be on us and our children. Then he released for them Barabbas, and having scourged Jesus, delivered him to be crucified. governor took Jesus into the praetorium, and they gathered the whole battalion before him, and they stripped him, and put a scarlet robe upon him, and plaiting a crown of thorns, they put it on his head, and put a reed in his right hand. And kneeling before him, they mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews! And they spat on him, and took the reed, and struck him on the head. And when they had mocked him, they stripped him of the robe and put his own clothes on him and led him away to crucify him.
And when they came to the place which is called the skull, there they crucified him and the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they cast lots to divide his garments. And the people stood by watching, but the rulers scoffed at him, saying, He saved others, let him save himself, if he is the Christ of God, his chosen one. The soldiers also mocked him, coming up and offering him vinegar, and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was also an inscription over him, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who were hanged railed at him, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we are receiving the due reward for our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. And he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, Truly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. chapter of St. Mark, the 42nd verse. This all happened on Friday, the day of preparation, the day before the Sabbath. Our text.
There's such a cosmic rhythm to everything that God does. There's such a holy cadence. We could call it a divine consistency to everything that he does as he works in our world. Whether the work is that of creating the world or that of saving the world. And so it was on a great and a holy Friday, the sixth day of creation, that God created man as the crown of his creation. A Friday when God gave man, made in his own image, to rule over the world and to govern the world. A Friday when he completed all that he had done for the world and in making the world, creating the world. And scripture tells us that God saw all that he had made and he said on a Friday, Behold, it is very good. The first Friday ever. And it was a very good Friday. The first of many good Fridays in Eden, which would have come and gone under those same wonderful words. It's a good Friday, very good, a good that is completed even in the creation of Eve, who would then become one with Adam and share every good Friday with him and with their God as the perfect primal pair. Good until they were good no more. Good until man's sin took the good out of God's good Fridays. Good no more because Adam and Eve sinned. And that sin of Adam and Eve, like an inherited disease, spread to everyone else and claimed Cain and Abel and Seth and Enosh and Jared and Methuselah and Lamech, the father of Noah, and all born human inhabitants of all the earth, including the patriarchs Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all of their descendants and all of the prophets and those who came after them and the apostles and the church fathers and all of the saints of all of the ages and you and me and yours and mine and every child born of every man and woman, sinners all. Sinners all. Every one of us, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, Scripture says. There is none who is righteous, no, not a single one, it says. Not you, not me, no one, it says, who is good. Not one of himself who can say, I'm not guilty, I'm not a sinner, not me. We were, by nature, Children of God's wrath, like the rest of mankind, so says the Holy Apostle Paul. That's what ruined God's good Fridays. Our sins, our private sins known only to us and to God, our public sins known to us and to God, and unfortunately to all too many. That's what ruins your Fridays. As far as that goes, that's what ruins your Saturdays and your Sundays and Mondays and Tuesdays and Wednesdays and Thursdays too. Sin. Our personal sins, our collective sins, the sin of those you brought into this world, the sin of those who brought you into this world, the sin of those who live with you in this world, the sin of those you've never met whose evil ripples throughout this world, the sin which ultimately ends in the death that death that puts our flesh in the earth and takes our souls out of this world. You see, those sins, ours and those of others, took the good out of God's Good Fridays. Just as they took the good out of everything and anything that they touch in our lives, even the breath of life that God first breathed into our kind on that first Good Friday. Sin ultimately takes the breath of life right out of us. And that's why from the last Good Friday in Eden to that Friday we commemorate tonight, the good was gone from Friday. But then, then on this day, 
this great Friday, this holy Friday, that Friday that appeared at first glance to be the worst and the most despicable and horrible Friday that the world had ever known as sin took its terrible toll upon the good but the crucified Son of God on that Friday when at noon the sun hid its face and deep darkness overshadowed its light on that Friday when the earth groaned in grief and shook and shuddered in shame at the sight of his creator being crucified by the crown of his creation on that Friday upon which the very Son of God became your sin for you on that Friday when he suffered the blow that divine justice demanded for the sins of all the world on that Friday through the redeeming and the bloodletting work of his only begotten Son, God the Father put his good back into Friday. Friday, the day of the week upon which he made man, and Friday, the day of the week upon which he saved man. As he took the evil that man intended and he turned it into the good that only God can do, and so it is once again, as it had first been, a very good Friday indeed. Good. Good because on the sixth day of the week, known in Greek as paraskue, preparation it means, a day of preparation, Jesus, the Son of God, did only that which God in the flesh himself could do as he did all that needed to be done to prepare you for your eternal Sabbath rest with God. All that needed to be done to prepare you for that Sabbath rest has been done by Christ on a Friday. There's nothing that you can do. There's nothing that I can do. There's nothing that collectively we all could do to add anything at all to what Jesus Christ has already done for us. And that's why he cried out in a loud voice and he said, it is finished. It's finished, full payment for your sin has been totally made. You can only insult the sanctity of the sacrifice by suggesting in any way, shape or form that it, that sacrifice is any way, shape or form incomplete. And that you have something even be it the smallest thing to add to it. It is completion, Jesus said. It is finished. Creation. Finished on Friday. Salvation. Finished on Friday. Our sin. Finished on Friday. Satan. Finished on Friday. Hell. Finished on Friday. Eternal life prepared for us on that Friday of all Fridays. And God saw all that he had done, and it was good. It was very good. And that's why we call it Good Friday. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
was about the sixth hour, and there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour, while the sun's light failed. And the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Then Jesus, crying with a loud voice, said, Father, into thy hands I commit my spirit. And having said this, he breathed his last. Now there was a man named Joseph from the Jewish town of Arimathea. He was a member of the council, a good and righteous man who had not consented to their purpose and deed, and he was looking for the kingdom of God. This man went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then he took it down and wrapped it in a linen shroud and laid him in a rock-hewn tomb where no one had ever yet been laid. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. <laughs> 